Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the bonus midweek show of The Overwhelmed Brain. This is the catch-up episode that uh, allows me to get to emails that I don't have time to address on the regular episodes every Sunday. So if you're new to this show, tune into the main episodes on Sunday to get a feel for what I usually talk about. Many of the midweek shows are on relationship issues, but I throw a curveball in every now and then. Anyway, I'm glad that you're here. My name is Paul Coliani, and just know that everything I talk about is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. All right, let's get to the email of today. It is from someone that was in a marriage and her husband passed away. She said, my husband and best friend passed away in 2017. We had a healthy relationship with the normal ups and downs, but amazing communication and growth. I've chosen not to date, but push myself to evaluate why. I hang out with friends, male and female, and enjoy their company. Here's the snag. I've realized I've fallen for a guy who is not only younger than me, but he's in an emotionally and mentally abusive relationship. I see him almost daily. We both like each other, and I never thought I'd develop an interest in him. We can connect, but also it's a limited situation because he is married and he feels like he can't leave. We haven't slept together, but find comfort in hugs and cuddling when we have kissed. He's so confused, and so am I. Both of our personal ethics are being challenged. He keeps saying, I have young kids, and that's a lot of work. He says he can't leave, yet he knows his wife is abusive. She has issues, too, that she's dealing with, and um, just so you know, I'm not going to read her issues because they might be a little too revealing, and I want to keep this confidential. She insults him, and he feels so beaten down. He says things like he is pathetic for staying, and I won't ask him to leave because he needs to figure that out on his own, but it's so hard to see him like this. My husband is the only other person I felt this way about. He is torn up because he let himself take off the blinders. He's used to just dealing with his situation, but for whatever reason, I was the exception. And my interpretation of that is he had blinders on while he was married, so he wasn't looking at anyone else. He wasn't thinking about anyone else. He was just in his marriage, and that's what he was committed to. She goes on to say, yet he says he has to stay married for the kids. He thinks he still loves her, but that it might be familiarity and commitment. I need advice. I know I should step away, but he deserves better, even if it's not with me. Of course, I would prefer it to be with me, but that's a lot. His young kids, self-esteem issues, finances, abusive, crazy potential ex if they separate. I've got a professional job, I make a good salary, and I had a very healthy relationship before this. Can you tell me where to get non-judgmental help or advice? Okay, thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, yes, you can get non-judgmental help from me. (laughs) I don't know if it'll be a good help. I don't know if I'm going to have the answer for you. But I definitely have some comments here, as I'm sure people listening probably have their own comments too, because this is a very, very sticky situation. This is a scenario that's going to unfold with heartbreak. No matter how this goes, heartbreak will happen. 
So now we have to figure out whose heart's going to break, what direction it's going to go, what direction I think it should go, and maybe what you should do. I don't know. I've, I've got to kind of think this out as I talk about it. But thank you again for sharing this. It is very sticky. And let me tell you this. A, yes, there's going to be heartbreak. B, a decision has to be made. One way or the other, a decision has to be made. C, I don't think you are the one that makes the decision I'm talking about. You do have a decision to make because your decision is going to lead you where you need to be. But he needs to make a decision as well. Let me just throw something at you that's right on the tip of my tongue and right at the forefront of my brain. What I'm looking at right now, according to your letter, he is potentially setting himself up for a win-win situation where he stays married and he has you. This is what I see. I've seen this before. This is kind of how it plays out for a non-committal spouse, or at least he's her spouse. And what happens is when you have someone that's non-committal, that doesn't want to make the hard decisions, they try to make the win-win happen for them. Does this mean he's a jerk? Does this mean he is a bad person? Not necessarily. It just means he's looking for probably the easiest steps for him. The problem with that path, if he chooses that path, is now he's in a marriage that apparently he is not happy in, but he has his reprieve, which is you. Good for him. I mean, he's going to probably appreciate that because he has this break from his marriage. But where does that leave you? That leaves you as the other woman. That leaves you in a place of someone who's willing to commit partially. Just like he's willing to commit partially to his marriage. Now, you did mention that he doesn't want to leave because of maybe commitment. But that commitment was negated as soon as he started having an emotional and even physical affair with you. I know you didn't sleep together, but kissing is pretty physical. So what's happening here is that the emotions are really strong right now. This is the first person you've loved or have fallen for in some way since your husband passed. And he is also seeing this light at the end of the tunnel that there can be more outside the relationship he's in. There are people that can actually appreciate him and admire him and respect him. However, what is being set up here, and you might be part of this setup in the sense that you might be enabling it a little bit, and that's not your fault. I'm just saying that when you are giving someone the freedom to stay in their situation, which they need to make a decision about. He's either committed all in or all out. I mean, that's how I see, and maybe this is a little judgmental, but this is how I see marriage. You're either all in or all out. You're either in the marriage and you're committed and you want to make it work and you do everything you can to make it work. You have to seek therapy. You have to go to counseling, whatever it is. You have to talk it out. You have to express. And when it doesn't work, you may have to go in a different direction. And what he's doing right now is trying to get the best of both worlds. And yeah, everything he says, he might believe. He might think, I can't do that to the kids. 
yet he can't use the excuse that he's committed because he negated that commitment. Just like, let's just say that he did want to separate from his wife or get a divorce, and they did, and then you got connected with him, and he said, I'm totally committed to you. This is what I've been wanting all this time. Can you trust that commitment? Because if he sees his marriage as something that he feels obligated to because of a commitment, his definition of commitment needs some work. So these are the things I just want you to think about and apply to your life. Let's just say that he gets divorced and then you guys are a couple and everything's going great, but he's one of these non-committal types and he doesn't he's afraid to tell you things and he's afraid to express things to you because you might get upset or uh, he's afraid to really take a stand. Like what if his ex comes back in the picture and says, you know what, I, I've had therapy and I really miss you and I'm so sorry for what I did. And now because he's non-committal, he comes back because he still loves her in some way. It's just a soap opera. It really becomes all this personal drama that you probably don't want. I mean, you sound like an intelligent, successful person in many ways that probably has a big hole in her heart and wants it filled because, you know, losing someone important to you, your husband, that person was a major part of you and left a huge hole in your heart, I'm sure. And now you're looking to refill it. And if you've ever heard me talk about this before, when you lose someone you love or you separate or you divorce or whatever it is, uh, that gap that's left behind is a part of you. It's a part of your identity. And when that's not filled, you feel empty, or at least a part of you feels empty. And so what do you do with that? You have to find a way to fill it back up. And because of that, you have to rebuild who you are. You have to rebuild your identity. And hopefully you've been doing that. I mean, you didn't mention that you were in a lot of pain. You know, it's been a couple of years, so you probably did your grieving. You probably still miss a lot of what you had but you realize you have to move on. So this may not apply to you, but I do want you to be aware that uh, something like this can come along and seem to fill that gap, but it may not be a healthy way to fill that gap. So if there is a gap there, just be aware that sometimes what looks nice and what feels good because someone's giving you attention may not be the healthiest solution. It could be a temporary solution. And I'm not saying that maybe you should hang out with a married guy in this capacity. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that you can have people in your life to fill certain areas of your life, fill certain gaps. But when you think about something long-term, something that you want to commit to and something that would complement your life and make you feel good about yourself and make you feel good about the situation, is this person it? The first thing you said, I don't think I read that. The first thing you said was, um, besides, yeah, I didn't read this. It said, besides run away, do you have any advice uh, or can you point me in the right direction? I forgot to read that, that first part. And um, what you're asking me is, can you give me any advice or any thoughts on what I should do except run away? I don't usually tell people to run away. I don't usually tell people to do something else. Uh, I'm not the type of person that says get a divorce because it's not working out. I just like to give you all the data so you make the right decisions for yourself. 
And there's a lot of data in this uh, email to me that uh, comes up with some very orange flags, probably red flags. You're dealing with some red flags here. The first big red flag is something I noticed right away is something I already said is that he is not making the decisions that he needs to make for him. He is setting himself up for a win-win and setting you up for some serious heartbreak because you're going to love the times you're together and you're going to hate the times you're apart because you're going to be thinking, oh, he's with his family again. It's going to hurt you bad. It hurts. Believe me, I've, I've felt this before. When uh, my first girlfriend went back to her husband, oh, it hurts so bad. I didn't want to face that, and I don't want you to face that either. But here you are right now, and you're just starting to develop stronger and stronger feelings, and I want you to be really careful how you are filling your heart right now and what you're filling it with because there's an element of toxicity in this. If it's not toxicity, it's dysfunction. It's something that rubs you the wrong way because I can't imagine you go to bed at night feeling so happy about this relationship when it's got so much attached to it. He's got a wife, he's got kids. Oh, that's that's already an issue because you can't be together because of that. But That's not even the issue I'm worried about. The issue I'm worried about is that he hasn't chosen to make a decision for himself. He needs to look at his situation and commit. You know, he talked about commitment for a second. He needs to commit to one direction or another, but he has to come up with that. It has to be a self-empowered decision for it to stick. Like you said, you don't want to talk him into leaving. I think that's great. That's a very evolved way to think. Hey, I don't want to talk you out of it. If you want to be with me, great. You know, at least be with someone that makes you happy because the person you're with doesn't make you happy. But he needs to figure that out himself. And what what is happening here is that you are becoming enmeshed in this dynamic that's going to be painful. I'm not telling you to leave. I'm just giving you some data because I've seen this happen. I've seen this play out. It is not pleasant how it plays out. So the direction I recommend you go with this is you make him decide. And that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard because if you make him decide, he, he's probably not going to want to be with you anymore because he's still attached to the marriage. And of course, the kids are important. I'm not trying to dismiss this whole idea that he shouldn't stay married because of the kids. I'm not going to talk about that too much necessarily because people get divorced all the time, kids or no kids. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying, you know what? When I was one, my parents got divorced and my siblings were, you know, whatever, 10 and 13 or seven and 10. And we all got out of it. Okay. We're alive. We're living life. We're doing our best. And if they stayed married, we'd probably need more therapy than we've gone through because they got divorced, we didn't have to deal with that dynamic. You know, the kids, his kids right now are in a dynamic that they are absorbing. They are just soaking in. And what is it doing to them? I don't know. I'm not trying to make any judgment calls here. I'm trying to just observe this from the third party that I am. And I know that when kids are in a situation like this, 
with someone who's being abusive, even if it's not abusive toward the kids, abusive toward the husband, like you're saying, then what they're learning is how to treat someone. They're learning how to treat other people when they get into relationships. So if the kids, if there's a one that ends up with a, a male of some sort, then that kid grows up into someone that may treat that male just like their mom treated her husband. So that can happen. And it also might not happen. So we don't know what could happen. We don't know if divorcing would be the best thing in the world for them or not. We don't know staying together or not would be the best thing. I certainly don't know. But the situation that you describe in your email tells me that that kind of dynamic, what's going on there, and I didn't even read half the stuff that was going on in her life, this other woman, the, the wife, there's stuff going on in there that if the kids are exposed to it, it's going to cause some problems. So if I were to introduce all of those elements into my reply to you, you know, things that people didn't hear that are listening now, then I would say that the kids in that environment are probably worse off if they stay together. That's not advice. It's just an observation. But being in a, a worse situation where they have these role models that aren't necessarily making good decisions, then what are the kids going to do when they grow up? I mean, kids learn through the role modeling. Kids learn through mom and dad's decisions and behaviors. And if dad doesn't commit and takes abuse, he shows the kids that it's okay to take abuse. So there's that whole aspect. I'm not going to get into it anymore, but that whole aspect on that side where he's saying that he doesn't want to make the decision for the kid's sake. Is it really? You know, I, I question that. Is it really about the kids? I can't say, but I do know that when someone is afraid to make a decision, afraid to commit, and they're in a situation where they need to make a decision and they need to commit one way or the other, he needs to fully go on board with this relationship that he's in over there or fully go on board with a relationship with you, but he can't have his cake and eat it too. Because once that happens, the whole thing falls apart in a very painful way, which is why I come back to what I believe you need to do, which may result in a lot of heartache. There's going to be heartache. Like I said, there's going to be heartache no matter how this turns out because the feelings are already there. But somebody will fall. Somebody will fall hard. And it could be you. And it could be her, his wife. It could be him. He could fall. He could do something that he loses both of you. I don't know. But somebody's going to get hurt. But if you want direction, you need some sort of closure because this is what it all comes down to. Right now, it's what I call an open loop. You are in a situation where this person doesn't seem like he's going to get a divorce and still wants to be with you, which leaves the entire dynamic open and unfinished. Do you have any idea what an unfinished feeling feels like? Unfinished means you never quite know where you stand. You never quite know where he stands. And you are always in a minor state of confusion. So you look at someone who's married, who has kids, who's not sure if he should leave his wife because he still might love her. That's a whole nother thing. He still might love her, but it might be familiarity. He's so indecisive 
that you can't even rely on anything that he says to you because he hasn't figured it out himself. He needs to figure this out himself. He needs to go in that direction and figure things out. And if he really, truly wants to be in your life and wants to be out of her life, he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. You need someone that will take a stand, make a decision, and take charge of their life. And you want to have that feeling from someone. Because when someone is falling for you, you want to know that you are number one, that you are the greatest thing in their life. You want to feel that at least. You want them to pursue you. You want them to show you that nothing's going to stand in my way because this is truly the love of my life and I won't let that slip away. Does that mean he has to commit to getting a divorce or a separation? I don't know. It could be. He could also tell his wife, look, we don't get along and I really want to have a relationship outside the marriage. I'm not giving this advice. I'm saying that there are alternatives that maybe he hasn't considered, but I don't know. This could be the worst advice to tell him something like that. But I do know that when a marriage isn't working, a decision needs to be made. It has to be. Otherwise, it stays in flux. It stays in that open loop. You're never sure where you stand. You're in that confused state. You don't know what's going to happen next. You're sitting by the phone at night hoping he calls. You're sitting by your email, your text. You're just waiting and you start getting obsessed. And then your work suffers and your happiness suffers and it goes downhill. I know there are people that are relating to this right now. And I hope that you get the gist of what I'm saying here because you have all the information you need to make a decision for yourself. And what you choose to do from this point on should be focused on what you need to do for you because you're in a situation that you don't really have to change. And you can't be his savior. You can't be his rescuer. You can't be his fixer because, and I'm going to say something that's going to sound so sexist, but I think I need to say it. He needs to be a man. He needs to be a man about this and make a damn decision and go in a damn direction because he needs to take charge of his life. If he doesn't take charge of his life in this moment, it'll be very difficult for him to do anything in his life. If he chooses to make a decision, if he, for example, decides that he wants to have couples therapy and she agrees and they work things out, then that decision could lead him into a much happier space inside himself, even if his relationship doesn't work out. Because it's so, so vital that we don't keep these open loops in our life and we try to do what we can to close them by getting a resolution as soon as possible. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you have to wait, but you still need a resolution. You need to have it come to a resolve, especially when all parties involved can make a choice. You can't make his choices, like you said, but you can't also be his savior because you need someone that is willing to dive in, take a chance, take a risk, who is willing to make the decisions that he needs to make for himself. You need someone that is self-empowered. Right now, the foundation I see building is he gets the best of both worlds and nobody gets all of him. And that might satisfy him. I don't know. 
and he might be the nicest guy in the world and he may not deserve any of this. But in order for him to get out of this abuse cycle, he does need to stand up and do something about it. He needs to take a stand. I mean, if it's physical abuse and he's really worried for his life, then he needs to get someone else involved. He might need to call someone, the authorities. I don't know. But if it's not like that and he is not deciding to leave, he's not deciding to go to therapy or if he tried it and it didn't work and he's not committing one way or another, this is who you end up with. Someone who doesn't really take a stand or make decisions or someone who doesn't commit. You end up with somebody who doesn't commit. And when you're in a relationship with somebody like that, you need to know they are committed to you. Right now, he is not in a committed relationship because he is going outside his marriage to connect with you. That's not a committed relationship. And this is why I think it's important to let him take charge of his life and take a stand for himself and do what he needs to do for him. And that might mean you tell him that he needs to make a decision. And again, that could be hurtful to you. I get it. He may just say, well, I, I can't do that. And you may have to make a decision from that point on, but at least you will have the data you need. Because if he's not ready to commit to you, and you know, of course he has kids, he has responsibilities, he has to take care of those responsibilities. I get it. He may not be ready for a relationship with you. He may decide that he needs to cut ties with you. And that's difficult because if you see him every day, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Or you said you saw him several days a week. That's going to be a big challenge. But there's a bigger picture here and uh, too much pain. There's just too much pain in this, the way it's set up now. And I hope the setup changes. I hope that he decides to go in one direction or another. And if he does, then maybe it'll all work out for the best. However that looks, I don't know. And you don't know. But because you wrote to me, I am talking to you, I definitely don't want you to be in that state of any type of minor confusion or major confusion or that unfinished business state where you don't know where you stand, you don't know if he really loves you or if he does really love you, why isn't he spending more time with you, why isn't he texting you, why isn't he sending you messages, why isn't he whatever. You'll come up with a, a million different things that you will keep feeling in a bad way. It will hurt. So I don't want you to experience that. This is why I suggest that you seek closure of some sort from him. Just ask him to decide. Not that it's solely his decision, but your decision can be based on what he says next. If he says, you know, I'm not sure, give me another six months and maybe, then you have another six months of this open loop, unfinished business feeling let alone all the secrecy and uh, behind people's backs. It's just a crazy, sticky, yucky mess. And I, I do hope that you don't stay in the mess for too long. Hopefully it cleans itself up in some way. But if it doesn't take care of you, you will definitely have love again in your life. Maybe it's this person, maybe it isn't. But sometimes it doesn't show up in the healthiest way. And you just need to be aware of that. Thanks for writing. I wish you the best with this. And right now, I just want to tell you about um, this app called Curable. If you go to getcurable.com, that's getcurable, C-U-R-A-B-L-E.com forward slash brain, you can set up a free account. And what it is, is you can tell the app about your personal struggle with persistent pain, like back pain, migraines, fibromyalgia, ongoing pain in the knees, hands, wrists, neck, shoulders, wherever you're feeling a consistent chronic pain, 
The Curable app is developed by former pain sufferers, physicians, and pain experts. And what it is, is it helps you expand your life again, physically, mentally, and emotionally, because it guides you through science-backed techniques designed to help you overcome like your fear of movement, your fear of the symptoms, and especially your fear of never getting better. It also gives you a lot of strategies that can help retrain your brain's response to pain. I mean, this is an app. I think that's pretty cool. This is a great education to help you think differently about your pain in your body and yourself. What they do is they offer you these exercises that you may not know about. The exercises and processes that they talk about are developed through science-based education and research so that they can help you with chronic pain relief. I mean, this reminds me of uh, somebody that was dealing with fibromyalgia for a long time. And we knew this guy, his name was Will, and his wife uh, had fibromyalgia. And back then, this was like 20 years ago, I didn't know what fibromyalgia was. But apparently, it's when you feel pain all over your body and they can't really pinpoint it. Wow, I didn't even know that existed. And I don't know if it's um, mostly women that experience that. I, I still don't know. I'm not sure. But she ended up dying. And that was such a sad day because they could not figure out what was exactly wrong with her. And I forget what she died from, but um, I just can't imagine going all those years without having the best resources at your fingertips so that you can at least move in a direction that helps you relieve the pain. And so this is what this app does, that it gives you the resources that you need that will help guide you through this pain, help you think differently about it, and maybe even bring you some relief. They offer both a free and a paid version of the app. But if you sign up at getcurable.com forward slash brain and get started with the free version, you'll get 50% off if you ever decide to upgrade to a subscription. So check it out, getcurable.com forward slash brain. All right, welcome back. I'm going to read you one more quick email. Uh, before I do, though, I wanted to mention one more thing about that last person that wrote. You know, if you stay together with him and he keeps the situation as it is, he stays married. I just want to kind of give you a heads up that he'll have absolutely no reason to leave his wife if you continue to be with him. I'm not saying he will. I'm not saying he won't, but he won't have a reason to because he will have you and his marriage. So I know I've already said that in another way, but I wanted to reiterate that because sometimes we can enable someone's behavior just by giving them what they want and what they need so that they don't have to make hard decisions for themselves. That could happen. In fact, my crystal ball says it will. If you stay with him, if you are with him, my crystal ball says that he'll never leave his wife, that he'll have the best of both worlds, and he'll, he won't even have a reason to leave his wife. And so that's another tricky part of this. So I just wanted to share that with you. Again, I'm, I'm sorry that this may be nothing you want to hear, but I wanted to share my perspective, and I appreciate you writing and sharing that. So I wish you the best with this. And um, I'm going to read you this other email really quick, and it has to do with infidelity, but in a different way. Uh, this person wrote, hey, Paul, I love your insights. I listen to your podcast every night before bed. What stuck out to me strongly, however, was your opinion on cheating. I'm surprised that somebody so open-minded just sees a cheating partner so very black and white without looking at the underlying cause. Clearly, I'm speaking of myself, 
as I cheated on my husband who has BPD, bipolar disorder, is abusive, manipulative, and neglected me for so many years, but I digress. I still love him, never wanted to hurt him, but he's in rehab now, and I still don't know how I feel about our relationship together, but my cheating wasn't just to betray. It was just a lot of gathering attention that I had been neglected for so long, and I became resentful and look for things in all the wrong places, clearly, but I don't necessarily regret having met the folks that I met because they gave me something. So I just thought that you might want to look at unraveling cheaters a little bit more because I think as much as I love your dialogue, really I was quite shocked that you were so opinionated about that. I'm not looking for any kind of response necessarily for that. I just wanted to point out that it might be good learning. Okay, so this person must have heard one of my episodes on infidelity, and I I thank you so much for writing this and sharing this with me. I don't remember how opinionated I was about a cheater or the infidel. Uh, I do know this is kind of my take on someone who cheats on their relationship. I think it's important to remember that when you are in a relationship where you commit to it, and I'm kind of repeating myself from last segment, that you are either all in or all out. And if you're not all in, that I believe it should be something for discussion before you go outside the commitment or the contract of marriage. And, and I'm not saying that because I have a personal preference to it. I'm just saying that if you want things to work out for the best, that it's probably better to at least separate and then see other people. If you choose not to, I don't have any judgment about that. I just look at a commitment is that you're either all in or all out. Now, that is black and white. You're right. <laughs> She's saying, you know, I don't think it's so black and white. You know, Some people are going to cheat because they're abused in the relationship. They want the love and attention from someone else. And it feels good that they're getting this love and attention. You know, I, I get that. I'm just not on board with it. Like, let's just say that my girlfriend started abusing me badly. Uh, like she was hurting me and, you know, even not physically, even mentally and emotionally, like this last person who talked about the person that she's seeing that is in a relationship like that. If that started happening, I would say, you know, I don't like the way I'm being treated and I want to see other people. Now, I'm not in a marriage. That's a lot different. But at the same time, it's still a commitment. So, yes, it could be easier for someone who's not married to say that kind of thing. But at the same time, married people who get separated will see other people sometimes. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing to see other people while you're married. I just think it has to kind of be on the table before you do. Otherwise, it's doing something behind their back. I mean, I understand what this person's saying. She could have been in a very battered situation. She could have been really hurt and felt like, there was nowhere to turn and nowhere to run and she didn't feel loved and she just wanted to feel something. I get that. And who knows if he's an abusive person and he was on drugs and, and there was a lot of things going on in that marriage, then, you know, here's how I look at this. Let me give you this straight up. There's always a person that breaks the contract first. Let's just say that the marriage was good and then uh, one person decided to cheat in a good marriage. Now you have someone that probably should have had the conversation before they went out. The conversation might have gone something like, you know, I think we need to separate for a while. We need time apart. 
that could have been the conversation. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy conversation, and I'm not saying that conversation wouldn't lead to divorce. Who knows? But I think it's better to be honest and in an integrity, especially with a good situation, before it gets out of control. This is a dicey one because I get it. If someone is in a marriage that they're being abused or hurt in any way, then it almost makes sense that they should seek someone else. So I'm kind of on the fence here. You know, I, I didn't think I would actually have a change of heart, but I'm kind of on the fence. If you're in this terrible situation and you're being abused and you want someone else's affection or love or just to feel special, just to feel like you're worthy, you're important, then, you know, maybe that could come into play. But I would say the majority of the time, it's better to put the truth out on the table. And the truth isn't easy sometimes. And if it's an abusive person, you may not want to give them the truth. I get that too. But then if they're an abusive person, maybe you shouldn't be married to them. I'm not going to tell you that's what you should do. But this is one of those things where, yeah, you have to make a decision. You do have to commit one way or the other, in my opinion. So I wouldn't say what I'm saying is advice. I'm just saying it's a perspective. She probably didn't like what I said about the cheater and the infidel, the betrayer. I don't know how opinionated it was. I, I'm usually very fair to both sides because I know cheating takes place and good people cheat. And I'm not saying that cheaters are bad. I'm saying that there are probably things we should put in place before we do it. And one of those things could be, hey, let's separate. Hey, let's see other people. Hey, have the hard conversation. But if that person is abusive and you can't talk to them about that because they'll hurt you more, that's a challenge. But then what comes into play is the choice to stay in that situation and continue to go outside the marriage. That's a tricky one. That really is. I really don't like the idea of someone that has integrity, that has a good character, that is morally and ethically sound, that they would have to go outside the marriage to get uh, fulfilled in some way or feel important or feel worthy because now they're violating their own integrity. They are going outside the contract of marriage to break the integrity. That's my only issue with this really is that if you are a person of integrity and morals and ethics that you might have to break your own integrity and be that person in order to get these things fulfilled. And that's tough to say because I know the person who's writing to me, she sounds like she is moral and ethical and a person of integrity. And she was in a tough situation, abusive situation. So what should she do? And that's, that's going to be a tough one. And, you know, is the answer that you go seek someone else? I don't think that really should be the answer, but maybe in her circumstance, maybe this is like a one-off that you treat differently. That's a tough one. You might have stumped me. <laughs> you might have stumped me because every situation is unique. Everyone is different. But let me say this. I certainly don't think the person who cheated is necessarily a bad person. I mean, good people do sometimes questionable things. And some relationships are difficult. Sometimes you're married and you haven't been intimate for a long time. So it doesn't really feel like you're married anymore. So is that a qualification for someone to cheat? I don't know. I, I think that needs to be talked about. I really do. If you're in a relationship, I really do think that you need to bring this stuff up. Hey, you know, we haven't had sex in a year. I need intimacy. 
I want to have intimacy. And if I can't have it with you, I want to seek it with someone else. That's a tough conversation. And some people will say, well, that's just unrealistic. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if it's unrealistic because is it better to just go outside the contract of marriage and violate your own integrity? I don't know. That, I think, is a very personal choice. Um, I just know the consequences of what happens. Let's just say that the marriage is bad or there's no intimacy and it's been a year or more and somebody decides, you know what, I can't take this anymore. I'm going to go cheat because it's going to feel better. I mean, they're not going to use those words. They're probably going to meet someone and things are going to happen. Then it happens. So what happens next? Let's just say that the marriage now starts to get better and things are looking up and now you're working things out. When are you going to have the conversation that you cheated? Because as the marriage grows closer and closer, if that hasn't been discussed, And now it comes up, guess what happens to the marriage? Now it becomes a question of, do I trust this person anymore? They violated the sanctity of marriage. They broke the contractual vows that we had. I mean, that's a difficult one. This is why when you do things outside of a person's awareness, and this is the person that you've agreed to commit to a relationship with, even if they're being a jerk, you might have to face it later If the relationship starts to mend and you become closer and there's some healing, if you think there's no chance for the relationship, then maybe there's something to it. I I personally wouldn't do it myself. I think it's just way against my integrity and my character. Not that I'm questioning the integrity, the morality, or the character of anyone that cheated. I just have a personal problem with it. If my girlfriend and I were having problems, and we haven't been intimate, and we're just not emotionally connected, and then we started connecting again, and then I found out she cheated like a year from now, I wouldn't know what to say. I would be so upset. I would feel completely betrayed. Even if I deserved to be hurt, you know, if she thinks that I deserve to be hurt because I was hurting her so badly, I would want to know that no matter how bad it got, that cheating was never on the menu. It just wasn't there. But if it can be there, then the foundation is rocky. The foundation is very rocky and it's hard to really rely on something solid that you know will always be there. So this is a deep issue. I totally get where she's coming from. I think it does kind of fall on your own personal acceptance of what is the best thing to do for your situation. I do think that when you get into a marriage, that contract is probably something that you can rely on as a solid foundation. However, in her case, I could look at that and say, you know, when he started abusing you, he violated the contract. So maybe that gives her, quote, permission to violate the contract as well. I mean, this could go either way if we started talking in that direction. I still think that when there is a violation, that that can be discussed too. Like, hey, you know what? When you started abusing me, I didn't sign up for that. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to seek intimacy and connection with somebody else while you go get your act together. Sorry, but that's the way it is. And I make it sound easy. I know. I know it's not easy. And maybe she felt completely down in the dumps and uh, completely demoralized by her husband. And she felt like there was nowhere else to turn. And of course... If that's the case, I have compassion. I totally get it. So 
the person who wrote, I don't think you've convinced me, but you've certainly made me think about this. And it is something that I probably will continue to think about. I do feel like there are some rules that are better to follow, but every situation, yeah, can be very different. And it sounds like yours was, and it sounds like you're in a better place today. So I'm happy to hear that. I want to thank you for writing that and thank you for kind of knocking on my brain for a little bit and uh, making me think about that stuff. Really important stuff. Thank you again. And uh, thanks for tuning in today. I wasn't expecting to go this long, but I'm glad I did because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about and hopefully it has been helpful to you. You are amazing and we will talk to you again on Sunday or whenever you listen to this show. This is one of those on-demand shows. You can play anytime you want. (laughs) We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.